My guest today is Susanna Polo. We're here to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. My name is Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Susanna Polo, welcome back to the program. Hey, Justin, how's it going? Um, I'm hooked on a feet. Wait, no, hooked on <laughs> a feeling isn't one, right? Um, no, that's the one. That's the one. That's one. Yeah. Uga Chaka, right? Uga Chaka. Yeah, yeah. It's it weird to write a, a song where your chorus isn't the best part. It isn't the yeah. part that people like the best. It's weird. Yeah, it took me like a month. I mean, I know this probably shows my age, but it took me like a month to realize that they were the same song. Mm-hmm. And there hadn't of, been two songs in that trailer. A lot of peaks and valleys. A lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Um, we're here to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You know, it's interesting, Susanna. The, the number one sort of um, uh, criticism I've seen aimed at uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, um, and, and uh, overall, I would say positive response, but the, the big thing that people seem to be hung up on is that it is, um, quote-unquote, more of the same. Uh I was curious, and that's something you touched on uh, in your review, and I was hoping you could kind of talk about why, specifically with Guardians of the Galaxy, that is um, such a bad thing. Well, it's. I think it, it has everything to do with sort of the context in which the, the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie sort of sprang into theaters. Um, that in, in 2014, you know, things are the, the superhero sort of genre in... Um, in our movies was a lot different. Um, mm -hmm. That Guardians kind of sort of woke Marvel up in a, to a certain extent to the idea that people were okay with going outside of the usual like dramatic action movie with some quips here and there sort of style of making superhero films. I mean, and the Guardians themselves are like very loosely superheroes. You know, they're right. They're sort of just, you know, this. they are kind of what happens to superheroes when they go to space. They just become weird motley gang of space people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the first Guardians movie came out in 2014. And since then, you know, we've... Deadpool was an enormous hit. Um, and Marvel has, you know, sort of learned from the reception of Guardians of the Galaxy and made, you know, Ant-Man, which is another comedy first superhero series that they have and if you look at things like the trailer for Thor Ragnarok which looks more like Guardians of the Galaxy than any other of the Thor movies you know which is sort of brightly colored it has a characteristic song you know that sort of um, slams the feeling of the trailer into you um, and and you know even outside of superhero film like Guardians of the Galaxy isn't the only like fantastical space franchise in Hollywood anymore because since 2014 Star Wars has come back right um, wow yeah and so we're sort of the well, a lot of the big like impact of the original Guardians of the Galaxy movie is that it wasn't like anything else that was happening at the time in action film or in superhero film um, and that's not really the case anymore in 2017. Um, Marvel has, you know, expanded. We, we've got, you know, Doctor Strange is also this sort of like visual psychedelic, like kind of like feast for the eyes. And what I think what reviewers are sort of reacting to is that Guardians is, the second Guardians of the movie is a lot like the first one, but it doesn't manage to innovate or recapture that sort of shock 
of, wow, like there's so much more out here in this genre that we can do with this. It's just, you know, it's another Guardians movie. It's fun. Um, how, the first movie was very much about bringing the, this group of people together. Um, and like a lot of origin stories, once they were in place, the, that was sort of it. Um, how much in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 do we get to see the characters sort of grow and change? Um, how much distance are they covering character-wise? Uh, not a lot, I would say. Most of the characters wind up sort of in the same place at the end of the movie that they were in the beginning of the movie. Um, in terms of origin, it mostly focuses on sort of the mystery of who Star-Lord's dad was. Um, but I would say, I think, like, notably, like, there's there's a certain amount of attention paid to, um, uh, weirdly, like, Yondu comes back in this movie and is a really central character. He's, like, the blue guy with the red head thing who whistled and made that arrow go around. Mm-hmm. Um, Nebula comes back from the movie. She has my favorite sort of significant character arc in the film. She's got a really good turn that when it happens, I was like, oh, all of a sudden, this like this funny glib movie is making me feel real feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rocket also sort of gets, um, I wouldn't say that he really, that Rocket sort of has an arc that comes to fruition in this movie, but Rocket has an arc that like, oh, maybe, maybe this will, you know, ch- sort of rejuggle his character a little bit for, for future films. Um, so you would think that with bringing some of those characters a little tightly, more tightly in, that, that new characters would add some of that, like, verve and spark from the first one. Do they, are, are they, does that not come together? Well, I think um, we get some old characters coming back and being a little bit more prominent and having a little more time spent on their characters. Um, And we get, I would say, probably like two central new characters in the form of Mantis, who is one of the old um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy cast members from the comics who hasn't made it into movies yet. Um, We sort of get to find out who she is um, and what her powers are and a little bit of her origin story. Um, and our other big character for the movie is um, Ego the Living Planet, um, who's played by Kurt Russell, who is, um, in Marvel Comics, a big sentient planet with a face. <laughs> They've mm-hmm. kind of uh, made him a, a big central mover and shaker of the plot in this film um, in, a, in a sort of like expansion on Ego's role in the comics. Uh, I, uh, we have some questions from listeners that I, I want to get to here in just a little bit. But first, I want to take just a moment to talk about Gamefly. Uh, Do you want to save money and play more games, Susanna Polo? (laughs) Of course, Justin. Well, the excellent news for you. I'm going to introduce you to our sponsor, Gamefly, which is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. At Gamefly.com, pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door. You know, I used to uh, be a Gamefly subscriber, and when they came on as a sponsor, it occurred to me, like, why am I not still doing this? I signed back up using the free promo code gamefly.com slash quality that we're going to talk about here in a second. Signed back up, got a couple games uh, that I had wanted to play but not necessarily buy, and they showed up in like a few days. It was great, and the the trial's free, and you're going to pay way less for Gamefly, way less than you would if you were uh, just buying these games outright. They've got over 9,000 titles to choose from. Uh, including movies. You can try them before you buy them. You can keep as long as you want. Don't have to worry about uh, uh, late fees, and you can cancel at any time. And yeah, they've got movie rentals too. So uh, 
check it out. I think you're really going to be impressed if you go to GameFly.com slash quality and you're going to start a free premium 30-day trial. Premium. The, the premium experience allows you to check out two games or movies at a time. Uh, and you can only get this offer through us, okay? You can only get this offer by going to GameFly.com slash quality. You, you know, you... You want to see how bad Mass Effect Andromeda really is, but you don't want to have to spend your hard-earned cash on it. Let Gamefly help you. Go to Gamefly.com slash quality. Uh, Suzanne, we have had uh, several questions about this film, Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, I asked for them. They didn't happen. You know, I've got to be honest. People aren't stopping me on the street to ask me about Guardians of the Galaxy. I asked. I cheated. I said, hey, what are your questions that you have? Um, the first one, and we got a couple of different versions of this. Uh, the the uh, this one's from Decade Positive. The casual misogyny of the first movie was really off-putting in an otherwise fun flick. How much of there? Uh, how much is there in a se- in the sequel? I got to be honest. Like I really thought about this question. I was like, was there something I didn't miss in the movie? But I like. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 didn't really ping a lot of my like usual radar for that sort of thing. Um, so I think it, yeah, it, it has made an improvement on the first film where there were a few, there are a few, or a few jokes surrounding Gamora that were a little tasteless, and it takes a, a further backseat from you know Peter Quill shining a black light around his plane, plane, his spaceship. Um, this is a space movie, and sort of finding his, disgusting his things space everywhere. plane. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think that, and this is an interesting question, do you think, this is from James Wage Domain, do you think that uh, people saying it's not as good as the first one is because it's not a surprise hit, similar to John Wick 1 and 2? Do you think that, that that's a fair fair description, that some of the responses have been a little muted because it, that one was such like a, a breath of fresh air? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty close to sort of hitting the nail on the head that that it's it's not that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is a bad movie necessarily it just doesn't have that um, sort of excitement of seeing something new and seeing the promise of a wider world and a, and a sort of an expanding of the superhero genre um, that we had in 2014 when the superhero genre was a little smaller and a little more um, monotone uh, this from Kelton uh- does it lean more into the comic origins or does it still feel easy to understand if you've never read the series? I think it, it's definitely still easy to understand if you've never read Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy are, up until the movie came out, were a very sort of niche interest from Marvel Comics fans. Um, and even the version of the Guardians that you see in the film are not the original Guardians in the comics. Um, and I would, however, not, I wouldn't really recommend going to see this one if you haven't seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't take a friend who hasn't seen the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Um, Guardians, like, sort of does a little bit of exposition, a little bit sort of clumsily at the beginning to sort of explain some of the things that happened in the previous film that are relevant to the new one, but it doesn't make any effort to sort of, like, re-explain its characters' origin stories um, or, you know, explain like why they hang out with this tiny tree creature. Um, uh, speaking of the tiny tree creature, I have a question from that Pazuzu who asks, does baby Groot's gimmick wear out its welcome? I think your mileage may vary. I 
enjoyed, I would say, most of the Baby Groot stuff that happened on screen. Um, our coworker Julia Alexander um, has been really, really looking forward to Baby Groot, and pretty much every scene I was thinking, I was like, Julia's gonna freaking love this. Um, so I think it's sort of, uh, it's sort of, uh, it's up to you how much you want to accept Baby Groot into your heart. Uh, but I wouldn't say that he, he, well, he wasn't an overwhelming presence for me in the film. Uh, is the soundtrack, this question from Jerry, is the soundtrack as good as volume one? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I, think it, my, I think my favorite, my favorite song moment in the film occurs with, um, uh, oh gosh, I do not know the name of this song, but it's the one that goes, come a little bit closer, oh, yeah. you kind of It's man. called Come a Little it's, Bit Closer. Yeah. Love that Very track. Nice. That's an old, like, Jay and the Americans tune that yeah. I did not think was particularly beloved. But now that my baby Groot toy that my daughter has sings that song, mm -hmm. um, I've become uh, intimately <laughs> acquainted, uh, acquainted with, with ten se that exact 10 seconds yeah. of the song, which I used to enjoy very much. Um, so we got a lot of good questions, Susanna, but then mm -hmm. we got some questions that aren't good. And I wanted to just blast <laughs> you with these yeah. uh, rapid fire style. Mm -hmm. First from Thomas, what's a galaxy? Um, it's a sort of big conglomerations of stars uh, and star systems rotating around a black hole. Um, this one, uh, uh, oh, this is actually a decent question from Nick Wester, and then we'll get back to more bad ones. Uh, <laughs> should I stay for all five post-credit scenes? It seems excessive. Five seems um, excessive. Yeah, there are, there are a few really good ones in there. There are some that even I, as Polygon's comics expert, had to go and look up what the heck was going on in them. Um, but I think that, that it's important to remember that if you're sort of into it for being into the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, that this is the last time we're gonna see the Guardians before they show up in Avengers Infinity War. Um, and so there's a certain sort of extent that some of these deleted scenes could be setting up for the next Guardians movie, or they could be setting up stuff for Infinity War and for what's gonna happen next with the Avengers. Zach asks, Chris Pratt shirtless? Yes. <laughs> Done. Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 okay, this is from <laughs> this question is from Trevor. Does the galaxy really need gardening, though? <laughs> um, I yes, in this movie, yes, it does. Uh, and finally, Susanna, uh, this question from uh, uh, Ginji Maine Is the raccoon British yet? <laughs> no, he is not British yet. <laughs> Y'all are goofballs. Um, all right. Well, that sounds good. Sounds like a fun time at the movies, Suzanne. Would you would you say it's fair to say fun time at the movies? Oh yeah, certainly. Uh, I think it might even be better for people because like that weird, you know, it's still got an eighty six percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. This is mm -hmm. a good film. Yeah. Um, but I I think that maybe with a little bit of expectation lowering that's been going on, that maybe people will enjoy it even more. Who knows? Yeah. But now that I've said that, I've got, <laughs> I've I've ruined. I've biased. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you've, you've it, inverted the the whole situation. You've you can read a lot more from Susanna. Her review is on Polygon.com, the recently redesigned Polygon.com, right now. So you can go uh, uh, enjoy that, and uh, there's tons more for you to go check out. Uh, but uh, but but I'll leave you to that, and then Charlie Hall will be with you next week to talk uh, about more stuff. But until then, for Susanna Polo. My name is Justin McElroy, and thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Quality Control.